Hello, everyone. Welcome to this podcast. My name is David, and I'm joined by my good friend Joe, and we're going to be recapping the 40th season of Survivor. It was a pretty historic one, and we're going to be covering everything about it. So, first of all, Joe, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you today, Mr. David? Good, good. Just excited to get into this. So, Me too. Me and you have probably both been waiting for season 40 for probably yes. months on end, almost a year. Uh, yeah, we were both really excited for this when it first came out. Like, What was your um, first impressions when you heard on Reddit, I guess, that they were planning on doing something big for season 40? You know, I heard about it. I heard about the rumblings of it um, right around the end of season 38, which was Edge of Extinction. And you know my opinion if you look at the name of We'll get into that. <laughs> that. And um you know, so I think everyone was happy because the introduction of Edge of Extinction, which we will talk about later in this specific podcast, was a not a very well recepted thing within the survivor community. So I think it, everyone was very excited about it. Absolutely. So when I first heard that they were going to do something for 40, my mind went immediately to Heroes Villains 2 because I didn't think they could get 18 to 20 winners back. I've always said that, and I think Probes even said that for a while too. But when I heard they were doing all winners, like I was super excited. Um, I was just like, I was shocked that they got Tony when I saw the list. I was shocked that they got Yule. I was shocked that they got Amber. Like Amber was probably the biggest shock to all of us, I think. Yeah. Um, I thought Hatch would be on there, but obviously after what happened, obviously we can't. Right now we cannot have Hatch. Right, but sure. I th- it was a great cast, and I was excited to see how it played out. So, I guess moving on from that, we saw the introduction of the fire tokens this season. So, oh, before we get to fire tokens, sure. I'd like to make one proposed question. Yeah, what winners were you surprised were not on this season? Okay, that is a good question. Um, so Hatch was the biggest one at the time, but after 39, we understand, like I just said, um, with what happened, um, Tina, I was kind of (laughs) surprised by, but I think Amber took her spot because when they realized they could get Tina back or Amber back on the show, they had to take the chance. They had Um, to take that. Yeah. Mike Holloway was another one. I feel like he's doing that's the big one that I thought. But Mike Holloway's season was also perceived very negatively. Right. And I guess Propes has said, like, he was supposed to be on Game Changers, but Propes said he, like, lost his fire when he was in casting. He didn't seem motivated for some reason. So uh, I, I don't know if we'll ever see Mike back. Um, uh, neither. I wonder why we didn't have Cochran. I mean, like, I mean, CBS loves Cochran, so... So he actually was invited by Probst, but he's on like he's working on like a TV show with David Wright for like Star Trek on CBS. So he couldn't oh, turn okay. that down because it was like just starting when Forty was filming. But okay. he declined, and that might have been for the better. I feel like Cochran's kind of like done with Survivor, and he finished on a perfect game. He did. Um, who else? I'm happy that we didn't have JT because I think now we've seen. That JT really is not the great survivor player that everyone said he was after token machines. I firmly believe that he just got dealt a very good hand in token machines and he played it okay, but it was such a good hand that he still won. 
I mean, in Heroes Villains, he was trying to do things, but in Game Changers, I think he really got exposed. Yeah, I see. I think he played like an A-plus game in Token Teens, and I I have him up there on my winner's list. Yeah. Off, off of my head. Heroes versus Villains, he had a good idea with giving the idol to Russell, but... You, you know, know, it really was a good idea to appeal, and people like to really hate on him, but if you think about that, that's, that is a fantastic idea. And yeah, yeah. from the hero side, there's you've had um, four guys in a row go home. You had Brandy, Boston Rob, Tyson, and Coach. And so it really looks like the women are running the show over there, which it really isn't. That's just kind of how it went. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, if he gets, if that idol play works successfully, I would say it's safe to say that JT's in the finals because the heroes just begone the villains. And I feel like yeah, the heroes take over. Yeah. Game changers. He fumbled the bag completely. He had, yeah. like, he had all the numbers working on his side and he yep. screwed up when he told Culpepper the plans and all that. But yeah. Hey, where was, where was Bob? <laughs> oh yeah. Or Natalie White. <laughs> So rumor is on Reddit, it said that they actually wanted to reach out to Natalie White and pl- have her play, but they literally had no idea how to reach her because she's she went completely off the grid because she got so much hate. Right. I mean, I firmly believe that she didn't should not have won. But that's just my opinion. She ended up right. winning. And then and here's an interesting one. Now, I know I don't think they could. But what about Fabio? You know? Oh, no. uh, you lost an AirPod. Uh, that happens. Um, Fabio, yeah, I mean, I just don't think they wanted him back because I don't think Probst likes him as a winner, and I think... I don't think so either. I mean, he seems like a cool dude, but um, another thing I don't know if you knew is that he got um, he got arrested. Years ago, yep. Yeah, for, um, I think it was illegal drug possession. But it yeah, was one but back then marijuana was illegal. Now it's legal, and I think it's legal in California. For all those yeah. viewers up there from California, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and I apologize. I think they just didn't want him back because, like, I mean that season. And that's another very negatively perceived season. So, right, and also, I mean, it would have been nice to have him on the season, though. Like, apart from all these game bots, like the Knicks, the. Uh, yeah, you know, the Boston Robs, all those people, the Sarahs. How about, the how about Earl Cole? Earl was supposed to be on, but he, um, he, uh, he was having a baby, and it was like a premature birth, so he had to decline to take care of the uh, baby, which is completely that's understandable. Fair. That's very understandable. And I guess Wendell took his spot. That's the rumor, but if that's okay. true, well, it makes sense. I can get down with that. All right, let's uh, let's move on here, David. Yeah, so next topic is uh, fire tokens. So Fire tokens, you know. At first. first um, uh, can I go first? Yeah, go for it. At first, I was skeptical. I was like, uh, I don't know. But I think they picked a good season to start this fire token idea. Because I agree. I'm going to say all, I'll say all the players out there on the island they're they're thinking. They they know what they're doing. You know, we saw the uh, bartering of fire tokens. You know, leveraging tokens like like hey, I'll give you one token if you vote this way. 
I'll give you two tokens if you let me win the immunity challenge. You know? I mean, I have an issue regarding Edge of Extinction with fire tokens, but in the game, I thought fire tokens worked very well. I agree. So when I first heard fire tokens, like you, when I saw like the article from uh, Redmond Survivor on it. Yeah, it was from um, Redmond, yeah. I was also kind of little skeptical because I thought this was like some like big brother gimmicky type twist. Like, you know, you, it's not, I thought like this isn't survivor. You can like buy your way out of actually surviving and get all these goods and luxuries. But I like the way fire tokens turned out like you, um, you know, seeing Parvati and Wendell or Wendell try and leverage it with Parvati. That was a cool scene. Um, the Tony and Nick pre post merge with the, uh, immunity. That was another one. Denise hoodwinking Sandra for the idol. That was the all-time. Yeah, that was a great um, I like how they, like, kind of give everyone a chance to kind of leverage something because you all start off with one fire token. So if you're yes. on the bottom, I can give you my fire token. I'll, hopefully you'll vote for me. Um, only thing is, they just kind of didn't really amount to much in the game. They had more of an impact on EOE, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. You didn't see the players in the game really purchasing anything other than those advantages or disadvantages from EOE. And I know this is talked about after this. Denise got some food in the final six. Um, And that was the only thing. On the last day, they could use the fire tokens. I thought they were personally going to amount to more during the game. But I thought you could like buy idols with them and stuff. But I guess it's really just meant for EOE. Okay. And my issue with fire tokens at EOE comes at re-entry challenge you are incentivized to be on that island longer because you have to give up your tokens when you go to eoe so everyone goes there with zero so uh let's say we're let's say we're talking about the second one so who's the i'm trying to remember the exact order so uh after uh tyson came back was it Wendell or Adam? Who was first? It was Wendell was the merge boot, and then it Adam. It was Wendell. Okay, so Wendell goes there with zero fire token. Now we're going to fast forward all the way to Nick Wilson getting voted out. Um, so Wendell has had however many days that is. I mean, I think that uh, – let's just say 15 for simplicity. Yeah, that's about right. So Wendell has had 15 more days to earn EOE fire tokens than Nick. Who only had one night. <laughs> Who only had one night there. And, you know, it, it's just, I mean, it's it, it's not fair for someone like Nick Wilson. Now, I don't want to say fair because now all the politics people are going to come out of their hives and talk about how, oh, life is a failure. No, we're not, we're not getting into that. This is not a political podcast. Right. Um, um, that's my thing. And another suggestion I thought of is after the first reentry challenge, Wipe everybody's fire tokens. Like, even the people that are still around from, like, before the, the first challenge, re-entry challenge. Wipe it That's completely fair. clean. And give everybody one fire token to build off of. Yeah, I agree with that, because the only reason, I'm not going to justify what Survivor was thinking, but I think the reason why they did that were people like Yule Parvati and... um. Nick got hosed at these re-entry challenges. And so they figured that these people who are just coming to EOE 
have more energy than Natalie, who's been there since day two. So they figured they don't need the fire tokens. I'm okay. not justifying that, but that's Dude, how I think I, we're I would not justify that either, but that does sound like a valid point. You know, I will give Survivor that. That In theory, that sounds good, but in reality, I'm not sure about that. But. And the only other thing I have a problem with with EOE and fire tokens, and we won't see this in future seasons, but... I think I said this to you from the first episode. I don't like how players who are outside of the game can impact the game so much with these advantages. I just, it, it's not Survivor to me. You see, this but is they, where we slightly disagree. I, it's more that I don't like it. I don't have a problem with it. Because if you have relationships with people who are voted out, that can help you. And I think that is a part, that is now becoming a part of the game. That's that's fair. I just in a season like this where there is EOE, I understand why they have to do it because they have to give it more of a purpose because 38 was terrible. I think we can agree with that. There is no purpose to EOE. It was just sit around and wait for the re-entry challenge. But and I'm gonna put a bookmark in that because when we talk about the final tribal council, I'm gonna bring that up again. Sure. I do like how there is a purpose more to EOE uh, or to yeah. fire tokens and stuff. So that's my All last right. note on that. All right, let's keep moving here. So do you want to talk about EOE now, or do you want to get into, like, best moves, worst moves? Um, uh, well, just let's just do all the EOE right now. Okay, here we go. <laughs> let's get it out. All right. So EOE, in a nutshell, um, I don't like it at all. <laughs> I think it's a terrible twist. It's not Survivor. When you're voted out, you should stay out. Um when I heard it was coming back, when we first saw it in 38, I thought, like, this is an all right twist because we can keep some of our best characters on screen because the Manu tribe was way more entertaining than whatever the other comma. Um, I thought it was good to see all those players still on screen. And I don't mind bringing players back at the merge, Joe. I feel like we've talked about this where it's not really yeah. that much of a handicap to bring someone back. If you want to bring someone merge. back at the merge, that's totally fine, you know? Because I. It doesn't happen every season, but roughly once, you know, every season, someone in the pre-merge normally goes home when I don't want to say they shouldn't, but like just the way the tribe swap goes, because now we have a tribe swap every season. Right. You know, it's a common phrase. Someone always gets screwed by the swap. And I do believe that. I mean, this season, I think all these players are so good. I don't think anyone was necessarily screwed. I mean, you can make an argument for Boston Rob on that Somewhat. Uh, on the green team, but I don't think Rob played it well when he got there. I mean, I don't think he played it well, but I also didn't think he had had a chance. But that's no, my opinion. The two people he got from his original tribe; those were the worst two people to go to a tribe oh, with yeah. Rob and Ben and Adam. Right. There's no trust. <laughs> there might have that might have actually um, like maybe the worst. Yeah. So where was I? Um, yeah, like oh, someone in thirty, about. like Rick Devins. I was. Yeah, Rick. Rick coming back at the murders. That's fine. Um, he kind of got screwed with the Lesu uh, tribe. Yeah, because I mean that that that's an extreme rarity. Like statistically, oh, like War Dog said, like the. The probability of that happening is like one in like, I think it's like 10 million. 
Yeah, and I would have been happy with him winning the season because, you know, he embodied what the Edge of Extinction meant. You know, he came yeah. back. Um, the one issue I have, and we talked about this before we went on the air, mm-hmm. Chris Underwood coming back and winning after being voted on day eight. Yeah, that's the issue. Um, the If you're going to keep the EOE through the whole entirety of the game, it's got to reset at the merge. Because yeah, I think all the, pre, all the pre-merge people that didn't win it to come back in, I think they need to they need to go. And then the second one can be all the people that made the merge. Yes, because so, that's so I'm not a big fan of people coming in the game that late. But I think that's better because now both times we've seen it. At the final six, somebody from the pre-merge has entered the game. And to do what I was saying, where it resets at the merge, you eliminate scenarios where like Reen never met Julian Gavin or yeah. never played with Tony and um, what do you call it? Uh, Ethan never played with Tony and all those things. And Sarah and right. Yeah. Um, the only thing I do like about EOE is from like a viewer standpoint where <sighs> it's exciting to go into a merge episode with a little unpredictability. <sighs> like it's exciting to say like, Hey Joe, I'm excited for the episode this week. Like I can't wait to see who returns from EOE. Like it, la- it adds a layer of unpredictability. That's the only thing. Yes. And it's a great capper. It's a great beginning to a finale from a viewer perspective. But if you're yes. people like us, where you analyze the game to the team, yeah. you don't like I, it. I, the other thing I like about per- the person coming in at the merge is that it can really, Shake things up because let's say we're doing EOE in South Pacific, the first season you watched live, David. You know, yep. bring, bringing you back a little bit. Fifth grade for, so, for some math. Um, now, let's say it's, um, well, I mean, they had, um, actually, that's a bad example because they had a Redemption Island here. Let me try to think of a better example. Uh, you keep talking. Let me try to think of an example. I think you know where I'm thinking here. Yeah, sure. So the other thing is that the jury gets to bond on EOE, and we had a situation in 38 where War Dog basically told Chris what he had to do when he re-entered the game to win. And obviously, you all bonded over sharing that experience on Edge of Extinction, so you're not going to vote for the EOE returnee if he makes it to the end. And if you don't yeah. vote for him, that and that basically invalidates your experience on the Edge of Extinction and makes it a waste. So. Yeah. There's just there's too many kinks and flaws that need to be uh, worked out. Worked I out. Really thought about. Oh, and um, oh, uh, we'll talk about a season that no one likes, Survivor One World, for a second here. Sure. So when we're going into the merge of the season, so Colton's out of here. So I'm talking about right after when Colton happens. Sorry, sorry, Survivor World. I'm sorry. Um. It's um in terms of gender because that season was a it was a male it was a men versus women season for the people that are that tried to remove that from their head. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, bringing someone in like in an EOE that season would be very influential because that could really make a big difference in a game where it was male versus female, and it was six six. Yeah, and then... I mean, the players on that season, I don't think it would have... But, like, if we're talking about on paper, that's a season where EOE would be very influential. 
It would have. The only thing, the only gripe I have with it is EOE, like, kind of screws with the dominant players. Like, I feel like e, the EOE returning that season would have definitely screwed up Kim's game, which will be unfortunate. But, yeah. I mean, that's bound to happen. With or, EOE. let's say, um, let's say for your example, it was uh, Matt Quinlan, the rooster. Let's say it was him. So now Troy Zan and the guys take over. Well, Troy Zan probably gets effed up somewhere down there. Yeah, they they may start a pagonging and they probably get rid of Troy Zan. Yeah. Um, All right, that's enough. That's enough. One world for this podcast. So I guess I mean yeah, we pretty much covered everything with EOE. One more quick yep. thing. I don't know if you knew this. Um, EOE was actually supposed to be on Island of the Idols as well. So they were yes. going to have Island of the Idols and EOE. That's just an editing nightmare. That's an editing. Oh, um, one final note on EOE with editing. Yeah, yeah. Both seasons we've had it here. I think the editors have done a good job of not like dominating episodes with EOE. You know, we do have one segment that's a little longer than usual, but the content we've gotten from EOE, especially in um in Winners of War, I don't remember as much. In, oh, I'm tired and um. Uh, in Edge of Extinction, uh, the content's been good, the length's been good, and not having reward challenges and having EOE instead, I'm okay with that. Right, there's a lot of unaired reward challenges, and EO- EOE content in 38 was more like comedic based, just yeah, it was more goofy, and then 40 was more like moving with like the Ethan yeah, scene and like Amber Confessionals, yeah, it was more serious, yeah. So I all right. So moving right, on from well, let's keep moving here. Um, let's just get into the other. The last thing I want to talk about in terms of twists is the idols this season. So this twist kind of faded out towards like the second half of the season, but I really liked it in the first couple episodes. Um, yeah, I'm talking about like yeah, that the half half idol. Yeah, I really like that. I like that too because you really need to trust someone. And I mean, we didn't get to see anything happen with it, but when um, now did Kim find it and share it with Sophie, or did yep. Sophie find it and share it with Kim? Kim found it and shared it with Sophie. Okay, so um, that was um, you know, that could have ended really bad for Kim. Oh yeah, and I don't want to say lucky because I'm a firm believer that every Survivor winner does what they need you to, to win the game and there's very little luck. Absolutely. I mean, that's my opinion. Some people say that every survivor win has luck in it. Where I disagree. A little bit. I think a little bit. Yeah, like I, Nick, I, I, Nick winning David versus Goliath is very I lucky. think that one had a lot of luck. Was Nick winning David versus Goliath. But that's for another day. I mean, we're going mean, right. to I want to talk about Nick Wilson later because I have a very adamant opinion about how Mr. Wilson did on this season. Well, we're not there sure. yet. So, uh, so circling back to the idol halves thing here, you know, I liked it, you know, I mean, we didn't see much from it, but, um, you know, yeah, it kind of faded off after the first few episodes, which I was kind of disappointed by, but yeah, you know, if we had that, standing- that would have been really cool. Like, if Tony I, and Sarah had to share that idol. Right. 
I like the idea though of survivors shifting to more of like a social relationship building game where you have to trust someone like you said to yeah you know move forward in the game. The only issue I would have if it was the whole season was like you have someone who needs it kind of like if Rick Devins found it in 38, well Reddit would like throw a parade if that happened if he found the half half idol. Like I kind yeah. of feel bad for him because no one would have given him the half back, but mm-hmm. I like it in like a smaller capacity like not every idol should be like that, but I thought it was yeah. good, and I hope we see more of that in the future seasons. Um, I hope so, too. We also got that funny scene with Denise wanting to give the half-idol to Parvati, and Adam's like, no, no, what are you thinking? That was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um. So moving on from that, let's just get into uh, best moves. Can we, start, and can we start with worst? I'd like to start with worst. Yeah, for sure. Worst moves first. So, um... I'm trying to think chronologically here. One thing that I didn't like, and I don't know if this player did this for show or if he was actually trying to do this, but Rob trying to do the buddy system again. That was awful. I can agree with that. Like I said earlier, you know, Rob was not in a good position. I mean, Ben and Adam from his original tribe going with him, like actually might be the worst two people him to be in a majority with yeah there was no trust <laughs> on day one ben was like ben and rob were clashing yeah and we had that you go yeah and then and then uh rob started playing circles around adam i remember we were watching that uh episode the first yeah one. we were watching that we yeah we were watching that at uh at lowell i remember that and uh that scene where Rob just hoodwinks Ben into telling him all the information. That's like an all time scene. That was hilarious. That was great. And then um, to combine that with the two other people being Sarah and Sophie, who are both such great social players, you know, it really was not a good situation for Boston or Rob, but he didn't, but why would he try to do the buddy system? Like that would not work in season. Great TV, great TV. It was great TV. I will agree with that. I mean, on season 22 with some um, lackluster players to say. What, what are you talking about? The competition was at an all-time high that season. <laughs> yeah. All-time high in the clouds. Um, um, you know, and can you think of any other pre-merge moves that were bad? So before what I say, um, Boston Rob's buddy system, it was terrible, but I have a theory that he kind of knew he was screwed after the challenge, but he just did that as kind of like, not like a a show for TV, but he kind of like knew like he had no chance, but that was like his last like fighting chance to maybe make something happen. But, you know, I think that's, I think that's true in a way. I feel like Rob would be savvy enough to see that the writing was kind of on the wall a little bit. And yeah, and then he alienated his whole tribe by treating them like a bunch of ten year olds. But yeah, other pre merge moves. Let's get into that. So I wrote down. I think the first boot of the season was a mistake booting Natalie. Um, I think Adam or Denise should have gone there because you do risk keeping that connection of Natalie and Jeremy in the game. But yeah. Adam and Adam didn't really have much to offer in the challenges, and he's a lot more schemy and like very yeah. He's a savvy player. At least Denise gives you something in the challenge. So nothing against Adam Klein, but I really think Adam really should have been that first boot. And he can hold his own, but like he and Denise made that classic mistake where they were wandering off too long to find the water well. Like that's just Survivor 101. Can't do that these days. Right. 
he uh, he probably should have been the one to go there. Um, yeah. I'll let you, if you have any other pre-merge moves, I'll let you talk about them. If not, I have the big one, which I'll discuss. All right. Uh, let me think here. I'm just going to kind of go person by person here. So yeah. Amber, Amber, I mean, that was more just her being her last name. Yeah. There, not nothing against Amber there. Uh, I mean, Danny was talking to too many people. You know, that was a pretty simple one. Um, I don't think Ethan made any mistakes. I think just him being like with Rob and Parvati. That's fair. Um, Tyson was reputation. Um, Sandra was reputation. Parvati was reputation. Rob was in there. He was reputation. Um, I don't think Yule was in a really bad spot. For sure. Um, okay. Uh, let's briefly talk about this. So do you think Wendell was actually being a, you know, a, a, you know, what out there, or do you think that was all editing? I think that was a classic case of the edit. I think we, we discussed this in text messages too, where they were just choosing someone to be the villain and yeah, they kind of have to, well, they kind of, don't have to, but normally they try to make someone look like a villain. They kind of gave him like similar to this was a player on his season, the Bradley Clyhee edit. Yeah, Bradley. Yeah. Um, the only issue I have is they really just encapsulated like his worst moments on the island. Like yeah. I don't. I think he was playing a solid game. I think. I thought he was doing okay. And another point about Wendell that I'm going to make real quick is. Sure. Wendell is from, I think he's from Philly. People from Philly are, have a very blunt personality. They just say what's on their mind. So, you know, you know, when people are like telling Wendell what to do, he'd be like, no, no, nah, this is what we got to do. And we saw that a little bit at his merge boot when, you know, him and like Adam and Nick you know, they were safe. And one was like, no, nah, we got we to go after this person. I don't remember who it was. You know, that's just the way he is. He has a very, very blunt, very to the point. And right. I think that worked right into the survivor, into the editor's wheelhouse and making him a villain. And we also saw it in the pre-merge where Michelle wanted to write down his name so she could get Parvati's fire tokens. And he was just like, no, I don't blame yeah. him because I'd be scared too because all it takes is one more name. But yeah, exactly. One more th- one thing about Danny, um, yeah. Now we don't know if this is true or not, but she did like an Instagram live a couple of days ago, and she said that her boot was completely edited incorrectly, and they showed her as like a paranoid third boot when really she was like the victim of a, of a lie because apparently she said on her Instagram live that her and Parvati were a um, were a duo from the beginning, and Parvati initially wanted to get Michelle out, but they settled on Natalie instead. And after that boot, Natalie, or sorry, Michelle found out that Parvi threw out her name, but Parvi put the blame on Danny. And then everyone just kind of ganged up on Danny and Danny had no chance from that point on. So that was kind of what happened. Really? That's according to Danny. I mean, I believe it honestly, but I really wish if that's the case, they edited it out that way because you could have edited her to be like the victim. uh, Yeah. Why don't you get to the big move here? 
Sure. Um, Sandra, yeah. uh, getting essentially voted out with her own idol. I think that was yeah. the worst move of the season. She even cited in a video, uh, she got yeah. cuckoo for fire, fire tokens. The and, other thing is, I think Sandra knew that anybody but me was not going to work on this season. Yeah, I mean, all she had to do was play that idol and she was safe for another round. Like, even if she didn't need it, she wasn't. Yeah, but I mean, I, what I was thinking is, oh, logged oh, in at Home Depot yesterday. But um, what I was thinking was that Sandra needed to try to make some flashy moves if she wanted to win again. And she tried, fair. and it just classically just didn't work, you know? A lot of big flashy moves people try to pull didn't work. She and her was, presentation didn't help either. Her game plan was she was hoping to gain an ally and delete and Denise, and she was hoping Denise would do the dirty work for her and getting rid of Jeremy or Tony. Yeah, and it just completely backfired, and she just didn't see it coming. Although I do think she still would have gone home even if that whole thing never happened because Denise plays her idol idols out Sandra unless Sandra plays it at tribal council because Denise voted for Sandra anyways. Um, yeah. That's a story for another day, though. But that's probably the worst move of the pre-merge. And I would agree. Now known as, as the Queen Slayer. Um, other worst moves. So this is my my last worst move, I guess, is Nick voting out Jeremy at the final, what is it, eight? Or I guess nine, whatever. I'll raise you on a worse um, Nick move, but I'll let you go. I think there's a worse move that he made this season. Because I understand why Tony and Sarah wanted to get Jeremy out because they kind of like, to put it bluntly, like they didn't need him as a meat shield anymore because Jeremy was the meat shield this season, which I find pretty ironic after his strategy in 31. Yeah. Um, but Nick and Michelle needed him in the game still to find a path to the end. Like obviously yeah. if they go to the end with them, they're not going to win. But I think they need to keep Jeremy in for another round so that and we obviously saw that with Nick the next round he gets eliminated. So I think that was a huge mistake on his part. And that's all I have to say on that. All right. You're going to like this. I 100% disagree with you about this. Really? I 150,000% disagree. With Interesting. You. Well, here's what I'm going to start with. And it's a little bit long. So for all of you viewers out there, buckle up. So I work at Home Depot, and the night that Nick Wilson went home, I was not watching live. I was working, and I was pulling orders, and somebody pulled an order. Someone placed an order, and the name was Nick Wilson, and they were getting a lawnmower. And so I texted David. I wonder if he's going to mow through the competition, you know, classic dad joke, you know. And this was the night Nick Wilson went home. And so this is my point with Nick Wilson. Get ready, everybody. Buckle up. I think Nick Wilson might have played the worst game on this entire season. Yes, it's a very out there opinion. I don't think he did. I don't think he changed at all from how he won in David versus Goliath. And as we said earlier, there was a lot of luck. I think that win might have had the most luck go his way. And to quote my friend David over here, you can only escape the Grim Reaper so many times in Survivor, and eventually it caught up to him. But anyway, my point about disagreeing about this simple move is I feel that once you once a, you hit final seven, like roughly final seven, sometimes eight, sometimes six, 
you have to start burning bridges and you go into effort mode where it's like, all right, effort, we're going to figure it out day by day from here on out. And I feel like when he hit final seven, I think Jeremy was the right move because that gets him further in the game. I think you need to really start thinking about yourself once you hit final seven. And then the, when he got the, um, uh, the challenge disadvantage, it would have been mean. It would have been great TV. He should have, he should have played it on Michelle. Interesting. Michelle, easy goes home there. And now he's sitting at the final five with Ben, Denise, Tony, and Sarah. I feel now, even though I just said that, I think he played a terrible game. You remember from the social games of David versus Goliath. He's pretty, he's pretty good at the social stuff. You know, you saw this season, him and Tony were pretty solid. Yeah. I mean, his at, the naming merge, of it. at the merge, I think him and Sarah might've had a quick thing, but I think they made it up real quick. I think there's a chance he could have pulled out a um, pulled out getting with Tony and Denise, uh, Sarah and voting out Denise at five or getting Ben out at five. But I still don't think he would have won. But I mean, that that's my thinking. I just think it was a bad move because if you vote out Jeremy at that point, then you're just giving a power to Sarah – because if you vote out Ben, you're you're increasing the chances that you get one of the seats in the final tribal council. Because I have a theory, like I don't know if you'll agree with me on this, but I feel like a lot of players this season weren't worried about maybe who they wanted to go to the end with, but rather how they could get there. Because if you could ch- if you could get the chance to plead your case to the jury in the forty the season of Survivor, I feel like anything can happen. And a lot of people are just worried about getting to day thirty nine. That that's fair. Um. But you just get rid of the goat for uh, Sarah and Tony. And if you get rid of Ben there, I forget who won immunity the next round. But like going into a final five of was it like Nick? We'll say Nick, Natalie, Michelle, uh, Tony, Sarah or something like that. I mean, yeah, I just think by voting out Jeremy there, you're essentially giving the game over to. Tony and Sarah to run the gamut. Um, that that's just my own personal thinking. Um, yeah, I, most, I understand that. We'll agree to disagree on that, though. Um, it's yeah. good that we don't agree on everything. I think just for the sake of variety, that, that is uh, good. What was I going to say about Nick Wilson playing the worst game this season? Okay, I that agree. Might have been a bit of that might have been a bit of an overstatement by me. No, I mean you can have your opinion. <laughs> um, he did get very lucky multiple times with not getting voted out. Like the first time Tyson got voted out, he was very lucky. Um, that could have easily been him. He could have been any of the votes on that uh, that blue tribe after the swap. I kind of think – I don't know if we should get in this now, but like I, I'll say this for later. I'm just going to say I think Tyson played the worst game this season, but I'll get into that a little bit later. Hmm, really? That's okay. – not there's not much he could have done, but I think he played the worst game. That's my okay. opinion. So that's all for worst moves. Let's talk about best moves. Now. Yeah, let's talk about good moves now. Um, um, well, we'll flip it. We'll go back to uh, the day Sandra gets voted out. I mean, is that a good move by Denise? I mean, 
uh, television wise, it was a fantastic move. Yeah. Does that, I mean, I don't know if she has a, ever has a path to win the game personally, but I feel like, how do you think the game changes if she gets rid of Tony or Jeremy there? Well, obviously, if she gets rid of Tony, that's a really big change. As, right, right. If, if she gets rid of Jeremy, I honestly don't know. I don't think much changes because she gets in the good grace. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. I don't. That's what I'm thinking. I don't think there's a huge change because the only person that was really working with Jeremy was Michelle. I think if the call goes to tribal again, because you, if you remember, there was one more tribal after yeah, that. Yeah, there happened. was one more. Yeah. She has both Sandra and Kim on her side, and I feel like they just booed Jeremy. Yeah. Only thing is Jeremy plays his – that's kind of a cluster though, because Jeremy still has that uh, advantage without power thing where he can leave tribal. So yeah. I'll just say blindsided. Does Kim have her full idol at this point? Kim still has her full idol. Yep. Or does oh have my. a full idol. Wow. That is a cluster. So yeah, I don't know what would happen. Um, would we get a Denise Sandra fire? Jeez. Final, final 12. 12. Uh, Jeff Pearl's dream. Um, and then Denise wins. <laughs> the real Queen Slayer. Yeah. Um, so she's the Queen Slayer after all. Um, yeah. I don't know, though. I mean, if Tikal just wins under the merge, I think nothing changes. And Denise just yeah. secures a good ally. Because Denise mm. just flew under the radar besides that uh, that move the whole game. Um, yeah. She got a few votes here and there. But, I mean, yeah, I don't think there was any chance she could win. Yeah. Uh, but that is a good move. That's yeah. A decent move, we'll say. Another good move is uh Tony flipping it on Sophie. That's a big one. Oh, that's probably the episode of the season, in my opinion. I would agree. I mean I mean we were, we were getting show. so much Tony I knew it was gonna happen, but that that that's a move right there. And, and he gets the fact that he's able to rekindle that with Sarah is also great. See, I'm not going to give that too much credit because if you remember, Tony and Sarah have known each other for seven years, and I feel like they agreed before the season to like watch after each other. I think Tony oh, confirmed okay. this too. They had a pregame alliance, so I mean, all right, that's yeah, that's fair. She would. They were going to work with each other regardless. Um, that was a good move to get rid of Sophie, though, because I think Tony realized that he was. Uh, yeah. she was coming for the title and playing pretty much hard. to the much to the displeasure of Reddit. Right. <laughs> um, and he did it with uh, a plurality vote, a 4-3-2 vote. Yeah, so it was a 4-3-2. Didn't, didn't even have the majority. Were the other people that got votes? Michelle and Jeremy. Yeah. Uh, Sarah and Sophie voted for Michelle, and then Jeremy got Ben and other people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah other people. Because who were the four that turned on Sophie again? It was Tony, Jeremy, Nick. Michelle, and Nick, I think. Um, so and that then, was great. Yeah. So then Jeremy got, got Ben, Denise, and uh, must have been Kim then. Kim, that's right. Um, no, Kim was with Jeremy's side. So Nick must no, have hurt. Nick, Nick flipped with uh, oh, Tony. And, flipped. So Kim voted for Jeremy. Wow. Yeah. And that was just brilliant timing by Tony to talk. That to was good time. Tribal. 
because they couldn't go to Sophie or whatever. Yeah. I mean, perfect timing. Um, that was probably, that was an excellent move. Um, I mean, the spy nest was great for TV and also great for Tony's game. So we could listen in on people's conversations. Yeah. Um, let's see other good moves. Um, Tony being in the right place at the right time with Ben's idol. I mean, that basically forced yeah. Ben to work with him. <laughs> I think that that's a, again, a little more luck based, but still for sure. That was good on Tony for flipping that into Ben. You have to work with me now. Right. Tony extortion. I mean, not much needs to be said. The fact that he was able to get six fire tokens from two different alliances. Yeah. Very impressive. Um, so he got tokens from Ben. Jeremy. He got- so he got, <laughs> sorry. No, it's fine. Um, Jeremy, Nick, and Ben. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. And he kept them all out of the loop. Tony's social game is probably one of the best of all time. Yeah. I think. And that was proven this season. Um, any other good moves you could think of? Any other good move? I mean, the, well, the, the whole season was good. You know, you can justify every single vote off as a good move for someone. For sure. Um, no, I can't really think of any any like that stand out. Oh, one more thing to go back to the idols real quickly. I'm going to talk about Adam and the podium idol for a second. Oh, do you think we could see that in a future season? Oh yes, yes. I think as soon as Jeff saw that, his eyes might have been bugging out. The only thing that would have been better if Boston Rob went for that, then Pros would have would have fainted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but yeah, you can't blame Adam for trying that. I mean, I mean, oh. I, I want to talk about Adam later, but you know, when you're in a bad spot, you got to try anything. For sure. Um, yeah, and like Jeff said, worth a shot always. Um, I, I think we'll see that in a future season, though. Um, yeah. Okay. So what's next? Next next thing we're going to talk about like players showing. So I guess we'll start with who had a disappointing showing out there. Um, okay. I I don't know if you want to start it off there. I have three in my head right now. I don't want to say disappointing. I have three people that I feel didn't change anything. Oh, not anything. They changed very little. Um, well, now I'm thinking four. Uh, Wendell didn't change much. Adam didn't change anything. Adam was the same exact player. Um, I don't think Kim did a great job of adjusting, but I think that was more situationally. She couldn't do much. Right. And, uh, as I said, Nick Wilson. Okay. You want to elaborate on four. any of those or those are the four pre-merge. Okay. Um you, for me anyone that you feel didn't change much or did not adapt well. So I have two. One of them you said Adam. I think he just played a very wishy washy game. And that's not really to yeah. his fault, but no one really uh took him seriously. Uh yeah. from the get go. Uh I don't think there was any chance he wins that season. I uh, um, yeah. Tyson, that's the big one. I don't know. I guess, okay, maybe I also made an overreaction saying he played the worst game, but he. I just didn't really, you know, I don't think he had much of a chance from the get-go because apparently I think Nick said on his Twitch channel that 
Tyson was on the outs from the minute they hit the beach um, because of like the poker alliance and all that. Wait um, a second. Nick has Twitch. He does have a Twitch channel. Yep. What does he yeah. stream? He streams MLB the show on it and also like Settler to Catan. <laughs> yeah. All right. I got I to gotta bring the camera back. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he my God. That's he talks about the season a lot. I know it is. It's a good. Uh, it's a good channel. Um, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to give that a listen. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. It's classic. <laughs> um, you gonna pull? You gonna pull a butch from Amazon to get some of that good burning wooden settlers of Catan? <laughs> oh, jeez. All right, that's enough. <laughs> oh, God, that's good. I think Tyson, though. I mean, he just like. He can never find his footing in the game. We didn't really get much from him other than like his evolution of like a family man, which, you know, it was, that was touching to see, but didn't get much from Tyson this season, which is unfortunate. Not like, again, that wasn't his fault. Um, Kim, I think is another one who I didn't think of that you brought up where she could just like never find her footing because I think Nick said this in a confessional and David Goliath, your reputation precedes you. Like, I think that was very accurate this season. Um, yeah, those are pretty much the showings that kind of weren't weren't the greatest, I guess. Yeah. Um. Now we'll get into good showings. So to clarify that, it's people who maybe failed to adjust but still have potential to be good players or show that they could still be a good player. Yeah, I think Kim goes right into that category. Definitely. Um, for reasons just explain. Uh. She yeah. had some good reads on Tony. She was really the only one to see uh, what game he was playing before it was too late. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say Ethan. I mean, he's never going to come back. He already said he's done. But yeah, if he were ever to come back, I feel like now that he's played in new school, I feel like he can do well. Yeah. Um, he just kind of got screwed, like we said earlier, about being aligned with Rob and Parv and the old schoolers. Uh, you know, it is what it is, though. I think... He just, yeah, he just kind of got a bad deal because of that. But he showed the ability to kind of, like, hold his own socially and stuff like that. You can see in the secret scenes, he was making everyone laugh. And he can hold his own in challenges. Excuse me. Um, anyone else you can think of for, like, good showings? For good showing. Um, uh, let me think real quick. Uh, I thought Denise did pretty well. That's fair. I think so. I, mean, I think she got... Buried a little bit with the edit, but that's because there's a lot of bigger personalities. But I, I thought it's pretty good. I agree. And I will say, um, like, or sorry, you go. Uh, here's a controversial opinion in Reddit. I'm ready for you to come at me. I was not all overly impressed with Sophie. But that's yep. more because I knew that she had this in her. Like, I knew this was there. Anyone watching South Pacific knew that this was there. It's just that season was just edited so poorly. Absolutely. Um, I th- oh, um, Michelle. We, have, we haven't talked anything about Michelle. That's she came right. and proved that she deserved to win Koron. That was a controversial win at the time, as you, you recall, right, David? Oh, absolutely. A lot of people were very upset. I firmly believe Michelle deserved to win that season. 
see, I'm going to kind of – we're going to disagree here again, actually. Um, okay. That's, uh, that's good. I think – I understand – I'm not going to – I, I don't want Reddit to come at me with pitchforks. I'm not. We're not going to get into this whole Aubrey Michelle debate. That's four years old. I think we can agree on that. Like we're not going to touch that yeah. anymore. Um, yeah. Michelle won. I think she played like. How do I explain this? She. The way she won is. I mean, it was deserving. The way she won. She Aubrey was more like strategic. She was more social. And yeah. Nick from that season, Nick Myrano, summed this up in a tweet. Where, you know, everyone talks about a resume now in Survivor, but sometimes even in real life, it's the people who have the better social connections that can outweigh, like, everything you've done on a resume. And that's kind that's of proven. That's a great tweet. I haven't Absolutely. Seen that. That's a fantastic point by life coach Nick Mariano. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's uh, that kind of encapsulates Michelle's game. Yeah, she she did good with the cards she had this season, and yes. I think it's great to have characters like her who aren't always like strategic game bots. Yeah, and, like you know they kind of funny and confessionals kind of goofy. Um, yeah, she just could never find her footing. I mean, she kind of had like she was in a power position on Sele two point with uh, yeah. five of them, but I don't know. I mean, I just. I shouldn't really see much. She was on the wrong side of so many votes, like all of Rick Devins, Bob Crowley. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, she did, she did well socially. Like I'm convinced that she is one of the best social players of all time. I will give her that credit. Um, yeah. I think if you put her in, I will say this, if we were to play any season a hundred times that Michelle Fitzgerald is in, she probably wins like, more than half of those times just based on her social game or at least gets to the end more than half of those times. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just didn't really get to the final tribal about Michelle. So I'm going to save that for there. Sure. So I just didn't really like, again, I think we, we, I think we talked about this both when we were back in school where like any winner who doesn't do well this season kind of gets a pass because, you know, it is hard for 20 former winners to all find their footing on the beach again. Yeah. And I think Michelle fell victim to that where she couldn't really like ever find her footing. Um, yeah. I just don't really, I don't really like, I think she, I'd love to see her play again. I think she played a solid game to get to the end, but, and she was trying to make moves. They just didn't work out. But I mean, you know, if you, if you don't win, there's obviously something you've done wrong. I believe that. Yeah. Um, But it is what it is. I think, she had a she had a decent showing, and I mean it's an accomplishment to go seventy eight days in Survivor without getting voted out. And she played yeah. a solid she second joined, place game. Um, there's a uh, oh here's a trivia. Sure. Who's the only other winner to play only two times and not get voted out? I'm pretty sure this is correct. Um. So I know one is General Raskin All Stars didn't get voted out. Yeah, that's that's the one I was thinking. Okay, um, but no, just to like sum it up on Michelle, like she played well with the cards she had this season, and it's just unfortunate she could never find her footing because she never had agency or anything like that, and she yeah. kind of she was always like the road like the decoy vote, but I mean, her social game is like no one's others, but. 
Yeah, sometimes that's enough to win a season. But this season yeah. it was not. But I don't blame her because she tried to start a lot of things that just didn't work out. But I'd yeah. love to see her play again. I would too. Um, other good showings, I guess. Uh, so yeah. we talked about Sophie, Michelle. We'll see if we can find one more. Um, I like Ben for most of the season. We haven't talked about him really much yet, but I mean. Yeah. I liked his game plan of trying to work with more people rather than doing it all himself again like he did in 35. Yeah. Yeah. I think he, he's another player where he's always destined probably to go far because he can hold his own in the challenges, and he's also, like, pretty goofy socially. Um, yeah. Obviously, we saw Rob do, like, circles around him, which was hilarious in that first scene. Yeah, when stuff. Rob, when Ben has to, like, go do the strategies against some elite people, he's just going to get – he's just going to get um, – yeah, people are just going to walk circles around him. That's his That's his main issue. And people forget, I mean, he was uh, – his social game in Triple H was excellent up until the final seven when he just completely shut down and just went on an idle run. But before that, he yeah, was – Yeah, that's what I was talking about earlier when I said, like, when you go into effort mode. Oh, yeah. Like, like, like he really did that. I he agree. Went home there from HHH. At the beginning of the idle run? Yeah. It was uh, Lauren Rimmer. Lauren Rimmer, yeah. And then it was Ashley, and then it was Dr. Mike, and then... Devin. Devin. Devin, Devin that is not an advantage, Pinto. <laughs> Devin was robbed. Oh, I got all the Um So, do we want to talk about the finale yet? I have two more topics. So, finale or who's most likely to return? Which one do you want to cover first? Uh, let's do return first. Okay, who do you think is most likely to return from this season? I think Michelle could definitely be back. I agree. I think Sophie could be back. I think Kim would could come back. Maybe Natalie Anderson could come back. Hmm. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they give Nick Wilson another shot at it. I think Ben is done. After the way it ended here. I th- yeah, I think so, too. I think Denise is done. Yeah, I'm going to go through everybody. Uh, I think Tony should be done, but he'll probably come back again. He said he would come back for like a senior season, whatever that means. But he said if they ever called him for that, he'd come back. So okay. I-, I think he's done, though. I don't think we'll see yeah. him again. Um, let me keep thinking uh, I could see Wendell coming back. I could see Adam coming back. I think Tyson's done. Um, I could see Yule coming back, but I don't think they're going to ask him to come back again. Yule said he'd only play again if it was for like charity because of like Jonathan Penner and his wife. Like That's why he was uh, playing in the first place. So if they ever do charity, uh, we'll see Yule. But I think he said he's done. Okay. You think Parvati would come back? I think Parvati's got to be done at this point. She has a young kid. She says she thinks she's done, but she keeps hinting at maybe wanting to come back and do like a blood versus water with uh, Samoa's John Fincher. Oh, with John Fincher, yeah. You know, um, John Fincher is a cool guy, kind of talks like this, but then he kind of talks like this. <laughs> oh, uh, she, what, a, what a great season. I'm telling you. 
Survivor Samoa is one of the I love that season. It's a fun time. Yeah, fun ride. Oh, it's um, great. I even enjoy Natalie here and there, you know? Oh yeah. Rattly. Yeah. When she killed that rat. <laughs> oh god. Uh quick side note. Russell Hans, I know you got a YouTube channel. I want you to I want you to listen. He's listening. <laughs> I think Russell Hans would not have happened if he didn't get a lucky break. And I think he got a lucky break at the very beginning of Samoa. What do you think it is, David? I don't know. Is it like the tribe splits? Like, I don't know where this is going. It's similar. It, it's who was on Foa Foa. The fact that he was had Barassi on his tribe was one. But the big one is that I know it's blocked out in your head, but it's coming back. The other one is that he had Ben Browning on his tribe. Expletive. The fact that he had the outlaw on his tribe meant that he was the most hated person, and Russell was using him as a shield back in season 19. Jeremy has meat shields. Russell has hate shields. Yeah. All right. That's that's enough Russell hits. I don't need Russell to be coming after me. I can't believe that you think that I had a shield. Wherever you are, Mr. Haas, I'm going to come find you. He just We just see on his YouTube channel later today reacted to this podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so Adam, I think, will definitely come back, going back to who's going to return. I say Adam. Yeah. Tony will return probably if he wants to, if they ask yeah. him. Natalie said she'll do it again. I could see Natalie 3.0 or 4.0. Yeah, Natalie could come, yeah. And Tyson said he'll always come back as long as they're calling because he views it as like a chance to win a million dollars. So we may see Tyson like five points. That's just the way he is. Yeah. I don't blame him. I mean, he kind of seemed checked out this season, but maybe we'll see Tyson one more time. Yeah. Adam's the big one, though, because he's going to be like the new school representative for like seasons to come. And Tyson's probably the only old school representative left. But I'd say any of those people. Yep. Um, All right, so, let's get into this finale. Yeah, you. so where should we start? I think, I mean, you know, we have the EOE challenge. Um, yeah, I mean, I like the challenge. Yeah, it was pretty much, I mean, they pretty much recycled. The, and um, the thing is, you know, I, I like how the advantages Natalie bought. They really didn't have... Yeah, I don't think they had a major effect on the challenge because, as you, as you remember, there were plenty of people in it at the end. Right. I mean, Natalie got there, but um, Wendell was in it. Nick was in it. Jeremy Par- was in it. Parvy somewhat. Parvity somewhat. I think Kim was in the mix. Yeah. B-Rob was in it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean – you know, those adv- I mean, those were well-deserved advantages. I mean, you know, she found 14 fire tokens or got 14 yeah. fire tokens. Um, that was a good challenge, though. I mean, it is what it is. Like, they just recycled the two EOE challenges they used for 38 and put them in 40. But it is what it is. Yeah. Um, so we get to the game. So it's final six. Um, Michelle has that epic comeback in that immunity challenge. Uh, yeah. That was pretty... Or even before that, like, what do you think about Natalie saying uh, everyone on EOE is saying that Tony's like the biggest target? Do you think that was a good move or? I think it's a good move if you get rid of Tony. 
I agree. I think if you get rid of him, you can tell them. You can say, hey, Jerry, I'm sitting in the final three. You know, Tony was the biggest threat, and I got rid of Tony. Yeah, it was it was the right move to make because, you know, she has no agency in the game. She just came back from EOE, so she has to put the target on someone, and people are going to believe whatever you tell them from EOE, probably, or at least take it at face value. Mm-hmm. Um, so Michelle wins that challenge. And, you know, that alliance of Tony, Ben, and Sarah got completely outplayed there at that final, at that tribal council on day 36. They got yeah. playing their idols. That was an excellent move by Natalie and Michelle. Um, yeah. So Tony and Ben burn idols. And then. Yeah. They should have to Tony. Yep. That was one of the times where they should have listened to the paranoid Tony Flockos. <laughs> um. Did you think it was a bad move that on the revote, Michelle and uh, Natalie just voted for Denise and didn't try to force a fire making challenge between Denise and Sarah? We haven't talked about that. Hmm. Run that back again. So, if you remember, so what? So now they they didn't actually burn their idol. So Ben played his idol, got all his votes negated. Uh, Natalie Tony played her Davis. idol. Right. And so there were zero votes for only the second so, time. Yeah, it was between Denise and Sarah. And you could only vote for those two. So Denise. I mean, you could stir it up. I mean, you know Tony and Ben are going to vote for Denise. <sighs> See, I think they should have forced a fire making challenge because you have nothing to lose there because you weaken. I think you cut off, but I mean, you're just looking to get further and further. So. If everyone's piling on Denise at that point, I guess you might as well. I I would agree to an extent. Um, I just think if you have a chance to weaken Tony, this goes back to like no one taking the chance to weaken Tony all season. I think you got to take it because that goes back to we're so far in the game. It's day 36. If you get rid of Sarah, someone who wants to get to the end, someone who has a chance to win fire, I think you got to get rid of her. So you increase your own chances of getting to day 39. So I think that was a little bit of a misstep there because uh, that eventually I think is what costs Natalie the game because if she gets rid of Sarah there, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen in the fire making challenge, but if Sarah loses, then that gives her another chance to like get Tony out. And if she gets Tony out, she wins the game. I think that's pretty much yeah, we can agree on that's that. Fair. Um, that was a slight misstep, but you know, it is what it is. We, a lot of these things like, I hope the viewers understand this. Like we're just analyzing the game. Like it's easy for us to analyze it from a viewer perspective, but obviously we weren't out there. So we don't know what they were thinking. So just, you know, take everything we say with a grain of salt. We're just two people analyzing a TV show. Yeah. Um, so we get to the final five. Tony wins immunity when he really kind of needs to, because I feel like they, they may have been able to convince if Tony doesn't win there, I think he may go home. Yeah. I don't know if you agree with that. Um, I agree. Then we get to the moment where Ben just kind of pulls an Ian from Palau, and he says that the friendships it's he understandable. made. Mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people liked it because they view it as quitting. Hmm. It was going on on his terms. Yeah. And, you know, Ben's a very emotional guy. You know, he was in the, he was in the military. You know, that's just the way he is. And, I think, yeah, he was just done. Like, he was like, the friendships I've made, he probably, I, I think he may have thought, like, he doesn't have a chance at winning, and he doesn't really want to give people the satisfaction of, like, getting to flame him on day 39, because 
I think there's a chance that he gets shut out if he's on in the final tribal council. Like, I don't think anyone really votes for him, which is unfortunate because I think he played a decent game. Um, yeah, I thought he was doing fine. But, I mean, you know, he just goes out on his own terms, which I can respect. I also think it may have to do with, like, and this is sad, but he got a lot of hate on Reddit after a season. He still gets hate for no reason. I think it's kind yeah. of ridiculous. Like Jervis said in his confessional, don't play, don't hate the players, homie. Hate the game. That's how I think about it. Um, he just got a ton of hate, and I think that kind of had to do with it too. Where he was just like, you could tell, like from day thirty on, he was kind of like just exhausted. You could tell in his confessionals and all that. I don't know if you noticed that too, but he was yeah, just kind of that. So I think he was just kind of done. But I'm happy that Ben was able to go out on his own terms. Um, now we get to the final four. So Natalie wins the classic challenge where you have like the one hand behind your back. I like that challenge. That's it's a, a good one. Final challenge. Absolutely. You're so depleted. And now you just, it's like straight concentration. For sure. Um, that is a good one. I do like that one. Uh, Natalie wins that. And let's go. So I think you wanted to talk about. So what do we want to talk about here? You said, oh, we wanted to talk about like Underwood in comparison to this final tribal council. So did you think Natalie was going to pull across Underwood? And No, I did not. I didn't either. I didn't see anything from the edit that hinted at that. Um, so Natalie takes Michelle, sends Sarah and Tony to fire. Tony wins. Essentially, when Tony's fire burned that rope, he pretty much won the game. I think we can agree on that. Whoever won yeah. that fire is going to be the favorite to win. Um, do you think Natalie should have pulled a Chris Underwood and faced Tony in fire? That's a tough one. I don't know the answer. I'm kind of like the group of 10 at Millennials vs. Gen X. I cannot come to a consensus. Good, compare, good analogy. Um, I mean, B-Rob said it best. If she wanted to win, she had to take out Tony. But I understand her thinking because I don't, yeah, know, if she art- I don't know if she articulated this at Tribal, but she had already come so far being on the edge of extinction for 33 days that she didn't really want to risk having a guaranteed spot at day 39 to go out fourth. So she was just like, I made it to day 39. Like, let's just see what happens rather than kind of like risking it all and gambling. And that goes back to your theory from earlier too. Um, I think if she wasn't going to go to fire, that was the best thing to do to make the cops or us go after it. Because if both of them are sitting in the finals next to Natalie, she's probably not going to get it. Like, she might get one or two votes. She definitely gets Jeremy's vote regardless, but she doesn't have a chance at winning. Um, apparently, she was actually going to send Michelle to fire against Tony, but Michelle had a huge breakdown before Tribal, so she changed her mind and switched it to Sarah. That's a quick little interesting side note. So yeah, we, we could have had a Natalie-Sarah-Tony final three, which would have been awful for Natalie. Um Oh, yeah, that would have been really bad. Apparently, I think she probably should have done it, though, um, if she wanted to win the game. But I do understand where she was coming from. Uh, it's it's the same thing with Dawn from Ghost Island. You know, I have a spawn in day 39. Like, I don't want to risk anything. 
but that's hard to compare because, you know, there was no edge of extinction on 36 and, you know, Dom kind of felt like he had a good chance to win, which, you know, isn't necessarily a bad, a dumb thought because, you know, he came within one vote of winning, but yeah. What are your thoughts on all that? Yeah, it's all, you know, it's very tricky because you have a, you have a spot in the final three, but do you risk giving it up to increase your chances of winning? You know, you can increase your chances of winning, but you could also just get voted out. And that's the, I I mean, I think that's like the standard for EOE returners though. I mean, EOE is not going to come back for a while. Uh, Probes confirm that, but I think if the EOE returning wants to win, the standard is that they're expected to give up immunity and throw themselves in the fire making ring. And that's kind of what makes Chris Underwood's win. Like a lot more people are starting to appreciate it after 40 because they'd realize how hard it was to pull off what he did. Like, I think me and you say that one more time. I mean, yeah, but the level of competition wasn't as good. The only one he had to get through was Victoria and Devin's 38. And once he got rid of Lauren O'Connell. Apparently, Lauren wasn't much of a threat to win, according to people postseason. I don't know, though. I mean, said she was going to win. Bengals tight end CJ Uzama said that she should have won. Um, yeah, because I know War Dog confirmed postseason that Rick Devins probably would have uh, beaten anyone at the final tribal council, and the only one it would have been close with was Victoria. But Chris I'm Underwood's Victoria won- every day. That's not the point, though. Right. Um, no, Chris Underwood's win was improbable. I mean. I hope it never happens again, but what he did was fantastic with the five days he left. Um, yeah. That was another thing, too, that Natalie kind of, I mean, it wasn't her fault, but she never survived a round where she wasn't immune, if you think about it, because she had the idol at six, she had the idol at five, one immunity at four. So I think she needed to show that she can, like, perform under pressure with, like, her life and the game being at risk. So I think that's yeah. another reason why she should have taken off the necklace and uh, faced off against Tony and fire. But that makes sense. A lot of people, I, I mean, I think she should have done it, but you, you just, you never know. Um, I understand her thinking final thoughts. Uh, yeah. A lot of people were, I guess, willing to vote for Michelle at the end because we only, Michelle got zero votes. It was eight to four, Tony. Um, yeah. Or 12 to four, Tony. One thing that I think Michelle made, I think they all did a great job at the final tribal, but I think Michelle made one mistake. Okay. That would be when she was talking about how she was using the stuff she was getting from EOE to help her. You remember her saying that? Kind of. She mentioned she mentioned about how she had these relationships with people on EOE and getting her tokens and they were and she was getting the advantages like the like the coin and stuff like that. That's right. Apparently Adam came out and said, yeah, but Tony did all, but Tony didn't need anything from us and he still played a better game. 
Right. And, like, I mean, he's got a fair point there. Yeah, and, I mean, the only thing Tony got from the edge extension was the disadvantage. Was a disadvantage, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that is true. So, but a lot of people were willing to vote for um, Michelle. But when yeah. they found out that if they threw their votes at Michelle, then that would mean, like, Natalie would win. So they they wanted to make sure that the right person won. So they all just threw their votes on Tony instead. Oh, yeah, because if... What if it was a four four four? Um. Well, there was there were sixteen people on the jury. Remember, so that how was uh, the vote eight to four? I meant to say twelve to four. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was my bad. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah. So they just threw their votes on Tony just to make sure uh, the right what person. Were the four won. Natalie votes? Ethan. Tyson, Parvey, Ethan, and Jeremy. Yeah, Ethan, Tyson, Parvey, Jeremy. Okay. And Adam, Nick, Wendell, and someone else said that they were willing to vote for Michelle. But when they realized that if they did that, that would be increasing the chances. I think Natalie it was wins. Sophie. Yeah. But once they realized that if they did that, Natalie could win. They just threw their votes on Tony. That's fair. Yeah, I'm all. I would have voted for uh, Tony there. I. Don't want to vote for anyone who gets voted out and comes back in. I just that's yeah. not Survivor to me. I just I like do that. Just like I would have voted for Gavin in thirty eight. Oh yeah, I would have voted for Gavin. Whole different tangent we could go off of. Um, yeah. I mean that really. Yeah, I mean that really covers everything I wanted to that's, talk that's about. The season. Uh, you have anything else you want to say about the season? It was a good season. Yeah, I mean... Uh, Definitely top 10. I agree. Great season. Um, editing, I think we talked about this before we went on air. You know, editing and uh, EOE kind of brings it down just a tad for me. But it was yeah. still a solid season. Um, where do you think Survivor goes from here? Like, do you think 4E changes the game at all? Uh, run that back. Do you think 40 is going to change the game at all? Like how this next era of Survivor is going to be played? Because I have a few ideas of how it is going to change the game. Uh, it might. If we keep going with the fire at four, we might see the immunity challenge winner going, giving up and giving it up and going to fire more and more. Mm-hmm. I think fire tokens are here to stay and I'm excited for that. Um, I'm excited to see fine. how I think they'll work out the kinks. I trust Survivor. Yeah, I think they're going to work better without EOE personally. So that's what I'm excited for. Um, yeah, I know Dalton Ross said in one of his articles that like what they could do is that for reward challenges now you could like earn fire tokens instead. Like that's your reward, which I think would be cool. Um, That'll be cool. Like everyone gets an additional one fire token from the winning team of the reward challenge, right? And or if you still individ- if it's the individual rewards post merge, it could be well you win a fire token. And now you get to choose three other people to earn a fire token. Mm-hmm. And there's like also or, another thought. Oh, sorry, I just had a, I just thought of something real quick. Yeah, or no it could be maybe you get an advantage that steals fire tokens from people. Ooh, that's a good one. I like that. <laughs> Wait, I, I'm gonna put the cam on. <laughs> I like. That's yeah, one. that's good. Um, 
You found this advantage. This advantage allows you to steal all of the fire tokens of another player in the game. I like that. Yeah. But you can but you cannot use it after the uh final seven. Like like the NFL has roster freezes. Survivor should have a token freeze at final seven where there's that's no more cool. tokens entering the economy. Yeah, that's what they did this season where like tokens ended on day thirty four, which I think is perfectly fair because yeah. you know, if, I, if idols go to thirty seven, if you let tokens go to day thirty seven, oh. be a mess. Oh, one final note. Stop hiding idols at Final Five. Stop. Yep. I agree. Stop the survivor. You're lucky that the one Natalie found at Five did not have an effect. Yeah, because everyone needs to be able to survive a round where they're not immune. I agree. Yeah. I feel like after Final Seven, you shouldn't be hiding any more advantages. You should let it finish out the way it is. I wouldn't also mind a survivor because of the fire making challenge if we went back to a Final Two at some point, but we know that's not going to happen. I prefer no. final twos over final threes, but yeah, I like the twos better. Um, another thing about fire tokens, if they want to keep sending advantages, what you could do now is um have one player send like when it's still in the tribal game, you could send an advantage to someone on the different tribe to build that social relationship. If you still want to do like that idea, question: Will it cost you a token to send it for mailing for uh, shipping and handling? That's interesting. I didn't think about that. That could be an interesting wrinkle. Um, do you Actually, risk- yeah, seriously, now that I think about that, that would be funny. You can send this to someone on the other tribe, but you have to send one idol, uh, one token for uh, shipping and handling fees. Yeah, like do you risk building a <laughs> do you risk building a social relationship, and co- it'll cost you a fire token? That's an interesting wrinkle. I'd like to see that. That'll be fun. Um, yeah, I mean, that really covers it. I think uh, hopefully, I mean, we'll see whenever Survivor starts filming again. Hopefully it's soon, but you just, you never know. But yeah, on the world. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that really covers it for everything on this. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Thank yeah, you thanks to everyone. all who are listening. Yeah, thanks to everyone who tuned in. We appreciate it. Um, yeah. Joe, thanks for coming on and doing with this, this with me. I appreciate it. No problem, David. It was a great time. Yeah, we'll have to do it again soon. Enjoy my one day off of work. I'm on oh, there we go. Week. Uh, there's six days. <laughs> I thought Two you were Brad Culpepper there for a second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm channeling my inner Brad Culpepper. Yeah. We'll have to do this again soon, though, whether it's talking about Survivor or something else. This is or something else, yeah. All right. Take care, everyone. Thanks for Take watching. Take care. Thanks have for watching, day. everybody. See you. Yeah.